This is Levi Bracken with the Jewish Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining once again. Today, I'm going to talk about dating and marriage and intimate relationships. Something which I've been thinking about recently because of some observations that I've made, not just recently, but over time. So let's start off with thinking about the different types of relationships in our lives. Overall, one can separate our relationships into five categories, colleagues, acquaintances, friends, family, and then intimate relationships. So colleagues are a relatively important relationship. They can help you in your career. They can make things easier as you want to achieve things professionally, or they can make things much harder for you depending on the relationship. So colleagues are really important for one's professional life. Acquaintances are people that you know, they might not be friends yet, but you know of them, you've met them, and you have some kind of relationship with them. And then you have friends. Friends are people who are one step closer than just acquaintances. You know them on a deeper level. They're people who you could rely upon if you need something. And they're people who you enjoy spending time with. And you know them and they know you on a deeper level. Family are people who are connected by blood. I'm just stating the obvious here. But people who you might not even have necessarily have a very good relationship with them, but you're connected by blood. You share DNA with them. And then you have intimate relationships. And intimate relationships are people who you're choosing to spend not just significant time with them, but also you are opening yourself up to them in a way that you don't open yourself up to any other people. Each of these relationships types and a significant portion of one's life, an aspect of who one is, and also each one is closer to you, the actual individual, than the other. So if you think about, you know, colleagues that represent professional life, acquaintances represent more of your life out there in the world, of people who you'll meet, friends represent more of the people who you are closer with and people who you spend more time with and enjoy, your family are those people who you are brought up with or share some DNA with, and then the intimate relationships, those are the people who you're going to spend the most amount of time with. So they represent that kind of, not just the family life, but also that personal and intimate aspect of one's life. So these, in one's life, one has these different aspects, and each of those aspects are represented by different relationships that one has. And in order to live a life fully lived, one needs to be able to have positive relationships in each of these aspects and it's worth talking about how one can achieve positive relationships in every single one of these aspects but today i'm going to focus on the intimate so that kind of relationship that you have with a spouse with a significant other and how how one can achieve success in that and my father used to say that 90 percent of one's happiness or misery is going to come about out of the result of this one decision which you make that is who you marry And so therefore, this intimate relationship is probably the most important relationship that one can have in one's life. Therefore, it's really worthwhile focusing in on that. It seems like, at least in America and in the West, people aren't really succeeding in their intimate relationships. As a matter of fact, the divorce rate has been very high for a long time and remains very high. And fewer people than ever are getting married. The divorce rate is still stubbornly at between 40 and 50% for first-time marriages and between 50 and 67 percent for second time marriages and people are less likely to get married after they're divorced for the first time so divorces are high and marriages are low and so people are really 
not very successful in their intimate relationships. And the question is why? And this is something which has been going on for a very long time. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But first thing I'd like to, you know, because I'm in real estate as well as many other things, but in real estate, they say that you make money when you buy, not when you sell. And that means if you buy correctly, you buy the property for the right price, you buy the correct property in the correct location, then that's when you make your money. And eventually when you sell, that's you know when, when the money comes in, but the money is not made when you sell, the money is made when you buy, if you buy the right property. And I think that's true in many aspects of life, specifically in one's personal and intimate relationships. It's who you choose to marry at the very beginning that is gonna really dictate whether you can have a happy marriage or happy intimate relationship, or a more miserable one, and one which is going to really cause you a lot of distress. And it's really important to point out that if you have a bad marriage, that really will color the rest of your life. It's really difficult to live a thriving life when your most intimate relationships are a source of trouble and misery to you. So it's really important if we can focus on, you know, when at the beginning of the relationship, how do you make sure that you choose the correct partner? And that's really what I'm going to focus on today. Now, of course, for people who are married already and are facing difficulties or want tips on how to have a better marriage, in many ways, that is a different conversation. Because if in the beginning you started off the relationship with the wrong person and one which isn't compatible, then you're going to be playing catch up and it's going to just be more challenging to make that work correctly. Now, of course, there are ways that one can do that. And it starts off with mindset and how one thinks about it. But for this podcast, I want to focus on how people choose their partner in the first place. And just some, what I think are ironies in how we think about intimate relationships versus all these other relationships. So the way people have, in in the West, the way people have dated and found that person who they wanted to have intimate relationships with has been through dating and mostly people meet each other in in different public places and they get to know each other and then they start to pursue a relationship back in the 80s when I was a child not that I was obviously part of that because I was a child it was people would go to a bar or people would go to some kind of dance club and they would meet people and that way they would get to know them and then you know they decided together whether they wanted to pursue a relationship or not and then as in the last 10, 15 years, you had online dating and, you know, it started off back, you know, 20 years ago, you had uh, websites and now you have apps and you swipe left and swipe right and you go through the profiles and then you start hitting up a, a conversation. Now, I've never, just full disclosure, I've never done any of this because I got married in 2001 and I, I was introduced to my wife by a mutual friend and I'm been married for 23 years and obviously haven't never dated so this is all an outside observers observations this isn't an opinion here which is based on any kind of experience i have no experience in this but as an outside observer i i think that i bring a certain perspective now obviously it's not an expert perspective but it's an outside observation and i think some insight here so People swipe left and swipe right, and although I've never done this, I've never ever been on any of these apps, but what I'm told is that people then see if they like the way the other person looks, and if they like the way the other person looks, and they both swipe right, and then they now are a match, and they have a conversation, and eventually can go out on dating, etc. Now, how successful is this? 
I don't know. I'm not going to get into the numbers of how successful it is or not. But what it ap appears to me is that people are allowing other people quickly to get into their life on an intimate level without doing the correct due diligence. And from a business perspective, you know, if I'm going to buy a property, then or I'm going to do business with someone, there's a lot of due diligence which has to be done before I decide whether I'm going to do business with them or not. Now, I am the CEO of Invone. Invone is a, it's a funding portal where we help people raise money from the public and we are obligated legally to do due diligence on the sponsor, whoever is issuing the securities and selling them to the public to make sure that they're not going to be committing fraud on the, to the general public. That's our obligation. And one of the things that we do beyond a number of in-depth interviews to ascertain whether the sponsor is for real or not, we also do very in-depth background checks to make sure that if we're going to have a relationship with this person and we're going to then expose our, our their, their offerings to the public, then we're going to mitigate some of the risks to make sure that these are people who are have the right intentions and are honest and straight up and are not trying to rip off the public. So that is very, very important. Anyone who does business is going to do that kind of due diligence. You don't just go in there and buy an asset or have a business relationship until you've made sure that you've done your due diligence to ensure that you are protected. This is just called risk mitigation. And the same thing is if you are hiring an employee, you will make sure you do a background check. And actually, you know, we at Invon, we would pay a third party to do an in-depth background check to ensure that this person is legit. In addition to the background check, we will also do multiple interviews with that individual to make sure that, they, that we feel comfortable. This person is going to do what they say they're going to do. So this are, these are all really important things that one does when one enters into relationships with colleagues or into business relationships, even as friends. A lot of people have a purple velvet rope policy, which make, means that they will put up this rope to stop people coming into their life if they think that that person is potentially destructive. And that is makes a lot of sense because you don't want to have a friend in your life who's going to be toxic and is going to hurt you, even if they seem like they're nice people and they seem like you get along with them. But if they have toxic types of tendencies, then you're going to try your best to make sure that they don't get too close because they will end up hurting you. And that is the case with most relationships. Where that seems to break down in the West is with intimate relationships. For some reason, people are more than willing to accept people into their lives on an intimate level when they don't really know them at all, which is really surprising because this is the level which you can get the most hurt by an individual. Because the closer the person is to you, the more they have the ability to hurt you, especially if you are offering them your heart and your soul, so to speak, in an intimate relationship, and they can really hurt you. But it seems like the due diligence that one does in business, the due diligence that one does in other areas of life, like colleagues or like employees or even friends, one doesn't do when it comes to intimate relationships. You just swipe right, swipe left, swipe right, and if you seem to like the person the way they look, then game on. It seems very counterintuitive. One should at least ask for a background check. One should at least ask for third-party references. But no one does that, and they just jump head-on in. And that's been the case long before dating apps. That was the case also when people were meeting each other in bars and dance clubs, there, there was no due diligence done to make sure that this person 
has the kind of background and character that you really want in a relationship. And then one is surprised when it doesn't work out. One shouldn't at all be surprised because the same thing is if you hire somebody. You, if you don't do due diligence, you don't do the background checks, you don't interview them correctly, and you don't kind of make sure that they are proper fit, then it just won't work out. Very often, you end up with a bad employee, bad cultural fit, and that can damage a huge amount, as is with buying a property. If I buy a property, I'm going to want to make sure that I do a proper inspection not just that I walk the property on my own, but I also do a proper inspection. I actually pay somebody else to go out there and check out the property to make sure that it doesn't have major issues to it. And in addition to that, you, you do a title check to make sure that the person who's selling it actually owns it and there's no one else who has any kind of claim to the property. All these things happen because you don't want to be left with a lemon. So why don't people do that when it comes to the intimate relationships? And I think... I know the answer to it. In the West, we are very used to instant gratification. And we don't like waiting for things. Especially when the things we want in our own life, in our personal life. We want to go in there and buy it immediately. There's always credit available. We can go in there and buy whatever we want. You can walk into a car dealership and literally within a couple of hours walk out with a car that you can't afford. You can walk into a Best Buy, walk out with TVs and other kind of equipment that you can't afford. It's just available to you if you want it. And we want it now. We want it when we want it. We don't want to necessarily have to spend a lot of time doing due diligence. If we want it, we go out there, we buy it. And that's really how we've trained ourselves. And because of this, one can make a lot of mistakes. You can end up buying things which literally one shouldn't buy. One doesn't have the money for. One can't afford and the same thing often happens in relationships. One goes out there and says, hey, I'm lonely. I want a relationship. You go out there and you swipe right, you swipe left, or you meet someone in a bar, pub, whatever, you meet them. And now you're in a relationship. You didn't do your due diligence. You wanted it immediately and you had it. But now that might not be a good fit for you, but it's too late because you're already into it. And by the time you realize it's too late, you're going to hurt people. And sometimes people get sucked in. Eventually, they're in a bad relationship. And that causes a tremendous amount of distress and aggravation to people. What you find nowadays, and what I'm reading, is that people ghost each other. Instead of like saying, hey, by the way, I made a mistake, they just stop communicating. And instead of confronting the mistakes they've made, because they wanted instant gratification, they went into somebody else's life and it didn't work out or they didn't like it, so they just ghost them. Now, all of this is the result of people having an inability to wait and be cautious and do their homework and do their due diligence to make sure that what they're doing has a higher chance of success. Literally, people wouldn't do business with certain types of people, but they're more than willing to jump into intimate relationships with them. It makes zero sense. But again, this is very much associated with emotion and very much associated with gratification and fulfillment of, of desire. Therefore, people lose their ability to think it through properly. And that has a tremendously negative effect, not just for them and their lives, but also the children that could potentially be born from that relationship and the unhappy relationship. And you end up with the children of divorce. The children of divorce are very often damaged in many ways. So it's all as a result, I think, of people not wanting to 
take a step back and say, hey, I should do my due diligence here. That might mean that it might take longer for me to get what I want, but I will in the end be happier and more successful at it. Another aspect of this is culture. Because when I ask young people why they don't ask for references or ask for background checks, they say, well, no one does that. And if I'm going to start doing it, no one's going to want to date me. So there's a lot of cultural aspects here as, as well associated with it. We as Americans are in the West. We don't want to conform with any kinds of ancient norms. You know, once upon a time, you had matchmakers. And matchmakers would, dis and some places in the world, this still continues. Like the community which I was brought up in, which is the Orthodox Jewish community, they do have matchmakers. And also with India and other parts of the world, they have matchmakers. And marriages are between families. That's what used to happen in Victorian England as well. M marriages were between, between families. Parents would get together and they would decide if the family was from good enough stock. And, and then if, the, if that was all good and checked out, then the children would meet and decide to get married. Nowadays, we've thrown that all away. And for good reason, by the way, for very good reason. I'm not saying that we should revert back to that. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea for people to have marriages between families. That causes all other types of ills. But the new paradigm which is really only the last 50 years of the way, or six, maybe 80 years of, of the way things have been, is also not necessarily the best way of going about it. What about a hybrid where you have time to do proper due diligence on people, or better still, the due diligence is available there on the platform. So if you can have a dating app, you can have a person who's already submitted their background check, they've already got references on there, and you know, once you like each other, then the next stage is, okay, we seem to like each other. We've swiped, swiped right on each other, swipe left, whatever, however it works. We seem to like each other. Now I'm allowing you into my due diligence section and you can go and look at who, who are my references and who, who, who my, you know, what, what my background check is. And do I have any criminal records or do I have any back bankruptcies? And, and then once you've looked at that and you really like that and it, it checks out, then you can go to the next step. So maybe there should be a due diligence period before the two people meet and start having, start having conversations once the two people like each other. But I would say that it seems to me that it makes no sense that we have a, a world today where people are doing due diligence on everything in their life before they buy it, before they, they get involved with it. But when it comes to their own personal intimate relationships, they didn't do any due diligence whatsoever. None of this really makes sense to me. And I think that people should see this differently. And perhaps there's also a business opportunity here. I was talking to someone yesterday who has a new dating app, which they're trying to commercialize and get out there and to the public. And apparently there are some services which actually offer this but it's fraught with complications according to him and i certainly understand that but it starts off with the public really wanting it and that starts off in the consciousness of people if people want this and ask for it then it will happen but what people really want is happiness people want joy people want peace in their life and what's going on in the United States, at least, and elsewhere in the West, is a raging battle of the sexes. So you have a lot of animosity between men and women. And I think a lot of that 
it starts from you know the incompatibility between men and women when it comes to their own personal relationships people jump into relationships which are incompatible and one person gets hurt and then they carry that hurt with them throughout their lives if there was a more efficient way in which people could get together in a way in which they were more compatible with each other and therefore had a higher likelihood of having a successful relationship, then that animosity might go away and the battle of the sexes might actually subside. So what I'm suggesting here is that it starts off with the consciousness of people that they should try and figure out how they can properly vet and verify who they're dating and who they're getting into relationships with before they get into relationships. We have that technology available for us to do that. It's done in many other areas of endeavor. And my argument is that it should be done in intimate relationships as well. Herein is potential for a business idea, but also, it's, as I mentioned, it starts off in the consciousness of people. When the customer wants it, then the businesses will follow. So I, for some people, I guess this episode hasn't been very fulfilling because I haven't given a huge amount of ideas and tips about how to enhance your relationship once you already have one. But for those who are thinking of starting out a relationship, the best tip that I can give you is do your due diligence. Don't jump into an intimate relationship, even just casual dating, before you've done your due diligence on the person you're dating to ensure that they're a good person, that they're a kind person, that they have the kind of background that you care about. And that you, there is, at least on paper, to start off with, some areas of compatibility. This has been Levi Brackman with the Jewish Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time.